blessed Tuesday morning. Are you awake yet? <laughs> I'm barely awake. <laughs> Trying to move around a little bit. You know, I don't drink coffee, so blah. <laughs> How you doing today? <laughs> I hope you're well and uh, ready to dive in because I am. You know, I love that this is the first thing I think about in the morning. <laughs> this morning's episode is all about reaching the higher self in your daily life. And uh, it may be that some of us have confined those practices to the circle, to uh, specific times of the day or certain days of the week because of our busy schedules and responsibilities. <laughs> That's the way life works, right? But many of us, uh, once we reach that state of higher being and higher vibration, we long to remain there. <laughs> and uh, it is the great work. You know, it's uh, the goal of many occultists and alchemists to perfect the human condition by being one with the higher self at all times. In fact, uh, it is the goal of many ancient spiritual teachings from around the world from the mouths of many ascended masters. So let's spread those wings and explore how to reach the higher self in our daily lives. Okay guys, so what's the big deal with higher vibrations? I mean, if you're someone who does a lot of listening to spiritual lectures and all of that sort of thing, you'll know that this higher vibrations thing is a big deal. Uh, of course, if you're anything like me, <laughs> you can recognize when people are taking it just a little too far or when someone is full of total bullshit like Everything is completely perfect, and I am made of only light, and there is nothing but the light. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> There's three ways to look at this. Number one, this person doesn't have a clue because there can never be light without darkness. Number two, this person is trying to convince themselves or condition themselves to be in a higher vibration all of the time when life simply doesn't work that way. 
or number three. This person is trying to figure out how to do the exact same thing that I am with about as much or less information than I have. And the third option here is the difference between lower and higher vibrations in a very simplified manner. What we know at this point is uh, what and how we feel when we are in contact with the higher self or whatever you want to call it, God, whatever, okay? So it is unconditional understanding for me. What's it like for you? I mean, I know there are a lot of physical sensations as well and a lot of other things happening. But emotionally, what is it like? During our daily lives, the only thing standing between us and those higher states is the understanding of what surrounds us and uh, what keeps that barrier in place is the ego, okay? Now, some of us take this to mean that we must be the perfection of emotional intelligence at all times which keeps us under pressure to always do the righteous thing and uh, this can often create a new state of duality within as if we didn't have enough of those right because let's face it we're still human and because we aren't dead our ego is still fully intact I think one of the greatest misconceptions about spiritual enlightenment is the loss of ego. And I know I've mentioned this before at some point, but for those who are just joining us, the height of spiritual enlightenment cannot be reached with the ego fully intact. The process that we go through to reach a heightened state is a process intended to shatter the ego so that we may transcend it, okay? But that is why these processes that we go through are often traumatic because um, our ego is being shattered. You know, we're having to let go of everything that we thought was true and if we're unable to do that then our ego does not uh, we, we, we can't transcend the ego that clings to those truths right the experience is equivalent to that of a near-death experience complete with and working in tandem with neurological reactions such as the release of MO5-DMT uh, naturally present in the brain. And the truth of the matter is that we may think we have completely lost the ego even after we descend back to earth. But if this were true, we would never wake up or uh, we would basically drop dead of a heart attack or something, or, uh, you know, what's the ego for? <laughs> and, and when I had my first real awakening, uh, I'm pretty sure 
that's what was happening okay it was my choice to come back because I was I wasn't uh, ready to let go of this life and when I did come back I, I could feel sinew and tissue snapping back together in both my head and my chest uh, as I talk myself back down with the mantra of everything is perfect just the way it is everything is fine everything is perfect all of these things are good <laughs> you know uh, but on the subject of ego here the there's the question you know what functions do the ego serve in the most menial and mundane senses okay if we were left here alive without the ego we would not feel the need to eat to bathe what if we forgot to breathe for a long time <laughs> you know there would be no such thing as self-care in the spiritual community as we know it right now because there would be no self do you, you get what I'm saying and uh, so the idea of the complete loss of ego and therefore becoming a superior spiritual specimen is total nonsense what we can do though uh, in in light of this information is to transcend the barriers of ego temporarily and consciously by being the observer of it Again, this goes to what I've said about the multidimensional self and becoming the observer. It is another layer added of the observer once we've experienced the loss of ego. As a practitioner, uh, we, we observe our growth within the craft or tradition that we practice. As an adept, we begin to observe our emotional and spiritual growth. And as an illuminated being, we observe the observer of those things. Okay. Uh, this does present something rather difficult throughout our daily lives, though. Humans are some judgmental creatures, y'all. <laughs> We judge constantly what's right and wrong, what's disgusting and what's pleasing and what's stupid, what's awesome, what's ridiculous. Hell, you're listening to me judge shit right now, okay? Y'all hear my human ego all the time and then I listen back to it and my higher self is like, oh honey. <laughs> But what I'm getting at is uh, that the observer of the observing ego is non-judgmental. Okay, and that doesn't mean that we have to struggle not to judge others or the self. It simply means that once you've reached that higher state, judgment doesn't occur. It just isn't present, like option three. It is unconditional understanding, regardless of the ego's judgment. I think this is the biggest reason for many teachings of meditation and mindfulness that come from the spiritual teachings of, say, 
Buddhism, for example, uh, these meditation techniques that teach us to sit with our thoughts without judgment of them is a practice and conditioning to be connected to the higher self at all times. We begin by learning not to judge the self as we all apparently like to do so much <laughs> or rather are taught by society to do in order to evade the displeasure of rejection and what's known as tribal shame. Fuck some tribal shame. Okay, I'm just going to say it. Screw that shit. <laughs> but as we learn how to be less judgmental of the self, we begin having clearer understanding of others as well. This, I would say, is the number one starting point for being in contact with the higher self through your daily life. To condition the self to remember what the higher self is, how it feels, and its lack of judgmental reaction to the world around. It's not about being a perfect human being, okay? That's where our mistake happens and uh, where the ego begins to run rampant as well because we gain a sense of perfection. The ego has judged the self as perfect and then we begin to act the part. Then we start practicing copious amounts of spiritual selective identification and uh, it's just no good. Okay, it's no good. <laughs> I'm certainly not going to sit here and act like it's just that easy either though. I have had many arguments with my human over the past year and I mean these are the sort of situations where I have to heavy, heavily implement and consciousness. Remember when we talked about and consciousness and the multidimensional self and all of that stuff? To be in touch with the higher self, with the ego intact, it takes a certain level of paradoxical thinking. At at least it does for me, anyway. <laughs> uh, maybe my brain is overcomplicated or something. I don't know. <laughs> because it's the only one I have, okay? <laughs> but uh, we are still human, no matter what heights we reach. And being aware of the higher self, uh, reaching the higher self means acknowledging the multidimensional self which is uh, the pieces of the self that we are constantly shifting in and out of okay the higher self is in a higher dimensional plane in a higher state of frequency beyond the inner void of shadows and it has a reflection beyond the outer void of darkness outside of this illusion in which we live okay 
this alone can make you feel like you're in four places at once, <laughs> which is why I have chosen the very specific expression of multidimensionality. Being in contact with that part of ourselves throughout the day is difficult, especially since I know you guys have jobs and kids and spouses, people who depend on you, people who are not so enlightened, who might mean you harm or irritants, uh, people unaware who lack empathy. I mean, we're surrounded by all kinds of people and situations who could care less about our inner journeys. And a lot of times it feels like weight right on top of you, just dragging you back down to lower vibrations. Uh, those are the times when we find ourselves getting irritated and angry, tired, disappointed, and all of those uh, other low vibrational emotional states. And there's a lot more that I could say about that particular thing in the way of other people around us, but I'll, I will try to get to that later. <laughs> uh, but right now, if you're on a path to the higher self, those are key moments to remind ourselves of the paradox. Uh, lest we sink into the depression of a fresh hell or something. <laughs> but uh, we can remind ourselves of what is true. And by doing so during those key moments, we also condition the self to sink less during times when those emotions might seem just or necessary. We can remind ourselves that in those moments we are forming deep understandings of the self and others as an observer and basically this is how as alchemists we begin to transform low vibrations into high ones and let's not forget how history repeats itself right how cycles are formed and how the mind is programmed what you do what you're focusing on in this moment or the next will become your future so these are uh, these are some great ways to come closer to contact with the higher self in your daily life number one practice mindfulness and meditations by letting thoughts flow without judging them. Two, learn to relate to others within a paradoxical state of and consciousness. Three, learn to transform negative experiences into positive ones. Four, remember as an alchemist that this moment will also become your future. And five, practice unconditional understanding of the self and others. This doesn't mean that you have to agree with everyone and everything. Just that you make an attempt 
to consider what root emotions drive reactions in yourself and other people and how they uh, relate, how they are similar in a way that you can form some kind of understanding. There is one other way to stay in contact with the higher self throughout the day and when added to the five I've just listed can create profound connections to what you're currently experiencing in any given moment. What I'm talking about is synchronicity. Yep, I said it. I heard Terrence McKenna talking about synchronicity one time. I love listening to his lectures, y'all. And uh, for some reason, he sounds like John Malkovich to me. I don't, <laughs> like, I close my eyes and listen, and all I see is John Malkovich. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe Malkovich does that intentionally in his films. Maybe he was a, f a huge fan or something. Who knows? <laughs> or maybe that's just the way it sounds, and it just, and I, I'm just hearing things. I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, uh, McKenna said that uh, numbers are the great bridge between. <laughs> and uh, the way he explained it, uh, I, I, I can't explain it like him, okay? But he said that there's no real reason why mathematics should explain nature. No reason whatsoever. Uh, and so to him, the fact that mathematics can explain nature is a total, complete coincidence. And that uh, coincidences are synchronicity in disguise. Okay. <laughs> but on the idea of numbers and numerology as uh, synchronicity recognized in the world around us, numbers are some of the very first symbols we learn as humans today. Shapes, numbers, letters, uh, those are the most basic information that we learn as toddlers and uh, they have a very special imprint upon the subconscious. Ascribing to these things very specific meanings as we see in most forms of divination uh, allows us to remain in contact with the subconscious through the day. And this is going to mean a big shift in the distance between you and spirit. We can look at the word synchronicity as a more acceptable form of divination or a more acceptable term in society, if we're being honest. And just like divination, synchronicity is a form of communication and a way to relay messages to the waking mind. Oh, can I share with you guys my outlook on the subconscious when it comes to divination and spirituality? I mean, why not, right? <laughs> so, on the journey towards spirit, we pass through the shadows, the uh, shadows of the witch or through underworld initiation or however you explain it or experience it. Because of the experiences that I've had over the years, I've come to my strange and interesting conclusion <laughs> that the inner reflection of 
the outer spirit, the higher self, is on the other side of the void, right? Because that's how, I mean, that's how I've experienced it. So I, I know that I am reaching for spirit, but spirit is also reaching for the human, okay? And, and what lies between spirit and human is the void. And uh, that void is made up of the shadow self within the inner reflection, okay? And the shadow self is essentially in the subconscious mind. So I see divination and synchronicity as a communication from spirit in that way, meaning spirit is shouting things through the void at me, <laughs> and all I really have to do is listen. Uh, of course, the idea that spirit is sending sound through the void makes me think of the vibration and frequency of creation. Uh, which is said to be sound, the word, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? <laughs> we all know by now about sacred sound and that uh, vibrational frequency is what actually creates. It's what's creating this solid form that we live in. And the reason why witches and mystics have chanted and drummed for thousands of years, okay? But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off track, I think. <laughs> anyway, these are the reasons why divination and synchronicity are important. So my number six way to stay in touch with the higher self is to learn numerology, runes, or some form of scrying or divination that requires you to ascribe meaning to familiar symbols. Even things like animals and weather omens, tree symbolism, and other natural world uh, omen reading. I would, however, place numerology at the top of that list because numbers are everywhere. Numbers rule society, basically. Uh, we are ascribed personal numbers like our birth dates, major events, social security numbers, phone numbers, bank numbers, time, general dates, bus numbers, <laughs> plane numbers, street address numbers. I mean, everywhere you look, there are numbers. And so it's easier for numbers to jump out at us or catch our attention when spirit has a need. Now, this doesn't mean that we should analyze every number around us because, you know, people who do that often end up losing their minds. <laughs> but uh, you know how it is when they uh, just jump out at you, right? Like with animal omens. Not every animal you see means something, but there's an internal sensation of claircognizance that happens when when you know in a moment this isn't normal and it feels like a message <laughs> am i explaining this right i hope so <laughs> uh, but you know what i'm talking about uh there is a reflection within that makes the occurrence meaningful and those of us who know that uh spirit is a creator know for a fact 
that coincidence is out of the question in those instances. Uh, and also, there are no coincidences and nothing escapes the law. <laughs> you know, uh, we are connected to everything because everything is made of energy, which is basically a specific vibrational frequency. Spirit is, oh, the birds are getting loud. <laughs> Spirit is a creator, uh, the higher self, who creates by way of frequency. Um, as we create with our thoughts and emotions by way of frequency. Why would it be so far-fetched that spirit can create those instances in order to communicate? I don't think that's a stretch. I mean... We're already out here. We might as well hop on the broom and fly, right? <laughs> so, uh, there you have it. I mean, reflection is uh, what it's about. Uh, and internal reflection is the root meaning of what we see today as moon worship. The moon goddess, moon mother. It's the feminine principle of internal reflection and it's the beginning of an internal alchemical wedding between goddess of reflection and god of action the sun god the god of fire and you know i might do an episode or two on numerology and symbolism and uh, uh, a deeper dive into divination oh uh, i'm having a salon special on the 29th uh, that would be a perfect time, I think, to dive into divination and symbolism. So, I'm going to have to see about doing that. Um, I know there was an episode last season I did with Amiti about different types of divination. But uh, maybe it would be good to get into specific symbolism. Maybe help you guys ascribe your own personal symbolism and things like that. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, I really I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode and I just want to say it's it's not about being perfect okay spiritual perfection it's it's some tough business with too many traps I mean the whole purpose especially in this episode is authenticity and acceptance of the many parts of the self, you know? I mean, my human is annoying sometimes. I'm sure yours is too. <laughs> but in that paradoxical state of awareness and higher states of being, everything is perfect in the sense that the ideas of perfection and imperfection do not apply to anyone anymore. It, it's a way of gathering all the pieces of the self and spirit in one uh, glorious pool and saying all of this is perfect you know uh, just as it is on the path of the witch uh, the magician the occultist in spiral retrospect we can see that all steps are necessary you know I see that I made a mistake but I learned something and you know I can look back to two years ago and think how 
ignorant and stupid I was to think the way that I did. But there is perfection even in my mistakes because they brought me to where I am. All steps are necessary. They're all a necessary learning experience. And all of it is perfect. It's really important to not be too hard on yourself. Uh, I know when I had my mind blown <laughs> during my first traumatic illumination, I felt so stupid. You know, my human still looks back at some of the things I've said and done and thinks, damn, I was such an idiot. I had no clue. I can't believe how dense I was. <laughs> Look at that so-called witch talking about shit she don't even understand. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm sure two years from now, I'll listen to some of this and think the same thing. <laughs> you know, but uh, at the core of my being, within my higher self, I know I can see how not understanding is the gateway to understanding. By talking about these things, you know, I formed the future of understanding. That was the power of my own creation. I've talked about how the witch walks through the flame, how we've hidden knowledge in the night, <laughs> and later came to live that truth and have deeper understandings of what the words actually mean. So in that way, we can look at others who may be just like our past selves and see the future they are creating. You know, let them talk about what they don't understand yet without judging them because what they focus on right now will become their future. This reflection is what brings us closer to spirit, closer to this illuminated higher self. I wanted to add one more thing here too for you guys. I thought about saving it for the next episode, but um, I also see it as a sort of a relationship building exercise, if that makes any sense. <laughs> like uh, building a relationship between you, your body, your spirit, and nature all at the same time, I guess. Uh, you all just be friends with each other. I've developed this little formula that really helps me and uh, really only takes a few minutes of standing relatively still <laughs> and uh, doing it outside is most beneficial. So have you ever heard of Wim Hof? Uh, I might have mentioned his breathing techniques at a time or two on the show, but uh, I started using his idea of a breathing technique and it's this deep breath deep breath in deep breath out and once you hit the moment where you start feeling all tingly then you let the breath out all the way and and then hold okay so and it's it's really interesting because once you get enough oxygen in your body you don't have to breathe as much <laughs> So you can hold your breath for like a really long time. 
<laughs> um, so I started doing this, but then I started to combine it with a Tai Chi movement called uh, Pushing the Mountain, which is intended to release stress on the chest area. And in, in doing this, I can literally feel toxins being released straight out of my body through my breath. Okay, it's invigorating and relaxing all at the same time and it's just a fantastic feeling. And uh, as if that weren't enough, wait, there's more. <laughs> While I'm doing this exercise, I make sure to put my bare feet on the ground, dirt, grass, whatever, you know and uh, release intentionally through my feet at the same time. And wait, there's more. <laughs> As I'm doing all of these things, the whole time in my mind, I'm speaking in my silent inner voice, thank you. I look at all the trees around me and thank them for all the oxygen I'm breathing. <laughs> thank you for the air. It's wonderful. And thank you. And thank you. And thank you, Bush, over there in the corner looking all green and fabulous. <laughs> so, not only are the physical actions a shift and conditioning of the physical state, but the effort of release and gratitude is a mental and spiritual conditioning. And I, I just, I feel so good after a few minutes. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. So I wanted to share it with you guys. If you want to try it, uh, it only takes a few minutes. All you need to know is what pushing the mountain means. And the rest is pretty common sense, I think. And uh, pushing the mountain is really super easy. Uh, you'll just stand with your arms down to your sides, just naturally hanging there. Uh, slightly bend your knees a little comfortably and loose, okay? Uh, just make sure that your knees are loose and comfortable. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> if you have to strain to hold that position, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. But um, what you'll do is on the inhale, because we're, you know, we're doing the breathing, right? On the inhale, very slowly raise your arms to your chest, right up to chest level, straight in front of you, uh, with arms and hands relaxed. And then bring the hands toward your shoulders, still on the inhale, sort of making a circle with them, uh, keeping them in line with your shoulders and your elbow. Uh, and once your hands reach uh, your, your heart close to your chest, you'll push them forward slowly on the exhale, uh, back to their position in front of you. So, pretend like you've got uh, two hula hoops extending from your armpits and just uh, trace the top of those circles. <laughs> it's kind of like drawing a semicircle, tracing the round top on the inhale and pushing through the center on the exhale. I mean, I, I hope my directions are clear. <laughs> 
but if they're not, uh, you can always Google Tai Chi pushing the mountain and find a video. Some people do it differently. You know, when I see some people do it, it looks like it's backwards to me. <laughs> but um, what I learned from Master Jesse Zhao is that when you exhale and push outward, the movement forward should be in the shoulders, not in the elbows. So it's like you're straightening your arms to push forward a little bit but the biggest movement forward should be in the shoulders moving forward with the arms and hands and, and this releases a lot of tension in the chest and in the back okay Jesse Zhao is awesome you can watch some clips of his instructionals on uh, taichihealthways.cinevi.com or just Google Tai Chi Healthways. Uh, the full videos on there cost money, of course, but uh, you can check them out and get a feel for Qigong and Tai Chi health benefits. He has done some great videos on Amazon Prime. There's a bunch of them listed, but they say currently unavailable. I don't know why. <laughs> But the one that's available right now is the 36 Touch Points for Self-Healing, which is fantastic, by the way. But anyway, breathe, breathe, and check out Wim Hof Breathing Techniques if you haven't done that. Uh, take those and combine them with Pushing the Mountain. Uh, and it's, it's, I mean, Wim Hof is like, drive 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 go 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 but uh, for this exercise that I'm talking about it's like um, much slower let's slow, you know slow easy relaxing right <laughs> but it's the same principle same concepts uh, so combine that with pushing the mountain release everything through breath and feet and uh, exercise an attitude of gratitude at the same time. It's just, it's just wonderful. I love it. Um, it makes me feel awesome. <laughs> I love you guys. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to the show. A big thanks to all the supporters of the show. Check out anchor.com slash cosmic crow. If you're interested in supporting the show and go buy a bumper sticker or something from the shop okay <laughs> uh, I do hope that you all have a wonderful and blessed week you all stay blessed and empowered and I will catch you next week on the cosmic Curve podcast
you hair with me Made up a pair, really They can step to me My love is mad, is it? You don't wanna F with me I'm always fresh with it On my best week, yeah, you ain't stressing me It's been a cold winter I'ma switch it for the summer I ain't fucking, but still Suckers want for cover I mean the sunshine Cause I know I got mine Living is a short thing Buried in my bloodline